Hello everyone, this is Two Beards in a Pod. I'm Chase, and I'm here with Seth, and welcome to the show. Here, two friends get together and talk about what it's like to be out in the world and our take on how to live in it, discussing anything from the best beer, grooming tips, or the best way to stay trendy. But mostly, it's just two friends just having a good time, so sit back and enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to Two Beards in a Pod on this auspicious occasion of our third season i'm seth and i'm chase and welcome to this show on monday august 16th now chase season this, three beard yep. force one beard force one i tell you what these names get better every time <laughs> i have to give you all the credit i have to give you all the credit though like i don't think i I may have thought of one, but I don't even think we've used it yet. So, yeah, um, golf clap, golf clap. Go. Thank you, thank you. I I work very little on these. I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> they just come yeah. to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, like uh, I heard you had a pretty exciting weekend there. You know, a little. Yeah. Um. So, as you guys may or may not know, um, we talked about it in the past. Um, my niece is at the Little League World Series and her team um, her team is just beat the other team to go into or they just won the quarterfinals so they are now officially in the semifinals we're just waiting on the, the bracket to update so we can see who's going to you know who they're going to be playing so I think at this point, if they're in the semifinals, in my recollection, that would make them semi-pros. Semi-pros. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the tough thing is, the tough thing is, is, you know, they have to win this next game because if they don't, they're out. They already have one loss. So, um, you know, at this point, they have, they have to win their next game. And then they'll be in the championship, and then you know from there, like, woo, let's go. Oh, you know, what I mean? oh yeah, let's see it. But, well, it's super like proud that's... of her. Super proud of her. Like, she oh yeah, is an amazing athlete uh, at a very young age. She plays catcher, uh, and you know, word on the street is is she's already been looked at for select ball for next year. So, oh really? Yeah, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Like. That, that's kind of interesting. You said like because they lost one game, so it's like it's like two game knockout. Yeah, yeah, double elimination, double elimination. So, so I'm just saying this is the like in every sports movie you see. That's the way it has to go, though. You know, they like they yeah. they have to lose the first game, so every other game's like on the line, <laughs> right? You know. Yeah. And then, like, like the 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 people that are like they're going against, they're like undefeated, and you know what I mean. Like, oh yeah, and like <laughs> somehow somehow Airbuds like gonna come out everywhere. Like, tell me where in the rule book where a dog can't play ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Airbud goes to North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but whatever happened to those movies? Those were good movies. I don't know. <laughs> I listen. I gave up after basketball. Okay, like yeah, they, they had me at that one, and then I was like, "All right, I'm good." Yeah, that one was a little like I'm just saying, like 
all Air Bud movies are a little sketchy. Like, I'm just saying, like, I still never understood how a dog could dribble a ball. It really can't dribble a ball. I think he did it with, like, his mouth or something, but I don't think he really dribbled. Did he? I don't know. I never even saw the Air Bud movies, so I can't really say, like, I'm yeah. not an expert at all. Like, I, I think I'm thinking too much into this for a kid's movie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he doesn't even have opposable thumbs. Like, it doesn't make sense. How is he able to dunk the baskets? Like, get it in the hoop. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so they're they're in the semifinals. Um, super exciting. Super stressful to watch. I couldn't even be – I couldn't even imagine being a parent in that oh, situation yeah. where, you know, um, you're watching your kid, you know, play or uh, – you know, like to go to the world's like to be world like the best in the world. World, oh. like you know. <clears throat> oh yeah, like literally world's best because yeah, like it was. You got Japan's playing in it. You got kids probably from South America. Anywhere they're playing baseball, they come. They go there. Yeah. For the little league World Series. It's it's pretty it's pretty nuts. It's basically um, like the World Series, but littler. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So that was that was fun. Um, Sunday, I got to go fly fishing again. Um, so that fly was fishing. Good, yeah, that was always a good time. I know. It's like I'll be honest, man. It's like out of all the all all of your hobbies that you've done. I think fly fishing is kind of one of the more more interesting ones because, like, you you can get into hobbies pretty pretty quickly. I'll be honest. I like if I was to like rank your hobbies, like from from like coolest to most interesting to like, all right, I don't know why you got into it, but okay. I'll be honest. Kite flying is pretty low on the list. <laughs> Definitely like at the bottom. Yeah. Fly fishing, that's more interesting. Like, uh, it's, I, I like hearing about that one. Well, I love it because, like, and I, I know I've said this in the past, like, I love it because it's so versatile. You know, like, when I used to bass fish, and I still do, but, like, traditional bass fishing with, like, a rod and reel or whatever, um, you know, I'd have, like, I had, like, eight rods at one time, and they all did something different. Um, oh, yeah. And I had, like, I mean, I probably had $1,000 worth of tackle. I mean, it was just insane on the amount of, like, lures and tackle that I had. Um, you know, and you never make your money back on it. I think I sold all that stuff for, like, 60 bucks, and that's with the that's with the tackle box. I mean, the tackle box alone was, like, probably, like, 40 bucks when I bought it. Oh, and yeah. I was like, heck, yeah, dude, I'll take it. And I was like, just take it, dude. I don't care. It's whatever. Like, I'm over it. So now I'm down to, like, one little box. I'm down to a baitcaster rod. A spin cast rod, um, a crappie rod, and a catfish rod, and that's like that's it. That's that's all you need. And really, to be honest with you, um, and this is just my opinion. Okay, this is just my opinion, but uh, I feel like I don't even need um, the bait caster rod. There are advantages to it. Um, you know, usually like the bait caster rods have like higher like speeds like real speeds and stuff like that right um but you know and they say that they're more accurate and all this other stuff but 
I mean, as far as versatility, you like you can't flip. Well, you can, but not very well. Um, usually, like a flipping rod, which that's a thing. Um, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. You open the bell, you flip. It's like very like five, six, seven feet out mm-hmm. in front of you, and then you're reeling. You're just hitting the bushes. You're hitting the shoreline. You know, those flipping rods are usually like open face reels. They're not, you're not doing that with a bait caster unless you're flipping something like really heavy. And that's because that's how they're designed. Those bait casters aren't designed to, to, to you know, cast in real, really light stuff because the, the reel itself will like bird nest. Right. So, but yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell my bait caster and I'm going to get like a really high end, um, you know, open face rod and reel and just be done with it. So I, I, I can see, I can see the advantages and disadvantages to like both. It's like one, it's like, you don't want, I, I, I almost say it's like, it's kind of a snowballing effect with a hobby, like fishing. You can yeah. definitely get too many reels to where it's like, because how many, how many reels are you going to use at one time? And I get it. You need specific reels. If you're trying for specific fish sometimes, Right. Like you need the right tool for the job, but like I I've seen people where they got like twenty re- twenty rods and reels. That sounds like my brother-in-law. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like where are you where are you storing all that? It's like that's almost makes it not fun anymore for me because I I have to I have to keep stuff organized. I'd be like, all right, this is where that's at, and then let's get going. Yeah, and for me, that's kind of what it got to. Like it just got out of hand. Like. It was like I was, I was trying to fish. I'll, I'll put it to you like this: I was trying to fish at a level um, that I couldn't fish at on the bank. Like I was fishing yeah. at a boating at a boater's level. Like you had to have a boat to get to the spots with some of the gear and equipment that I had on on hand. Right. Um. So it, it's just it was one of those things. Like, just one of those things. Like I was like, I gotta. I almost gave up on it because it was so frustrating. I was like, how do I know so much and I have so much gear and so much equipment, but I'm not catching the fish. And it's because I couldn't get to where the fish were. Yeah. I remember you, you got real into it. You were, you're even keeping track of moon cycles. Yes. Yes. And it's very scientific, very scientific. Yes. It, it was scientific, scientific, but it's like, I, I tell you what, I think some of our biggest, I know my biggest issue is like, I think that a reason I wasn't catching fish down in Texas was wasn't using the right right bait to begin with. Yeah, I was using like chopped up hot dogs, like because like I'm used to kind of like you can catch catfish with like chopped up hot dogs, old leftover meats from the fridge and stuff because they're bottom right. feeders. They'll 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 eat anything. But uh, I, I would, tell you I would what, say the the number one bait that you if you come to like Texas and you want to get catfish, number one bait is is shad. I could see that for sure. Number one bait is shad. It's like, because you can get, I imagine you brought like maybe even chicken livers and stuff like that. I, I've i never had luck with synthetic baits myself. Like the fake worms. Like if you're going to go worms, go red worms. Red yeah. worms, you'll get a bite on something every time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, yeah. guys, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And uh, right after the break, we're going to get into a brand new segment to 
launch season three with you guys and I hope you guys enjoy. So we'll be right back after this. Hey guys, welcome back. So right before the break, we were just kind of breaking down some fishing, um, trying not to get too far down the rabbit hole. And oh, we were yeah. talking about the Little League World Series. Um, but we do have a new segment that we're bringing to, you know, to the show with the launching of season three. And that's Chase and Seth's second take. So. Yeah. Here we're going to talk about uh, various topics um, where we do heavy research for you guys and just kind of talk about, you know, our our look on it, our take on, you know, how everything is with that. Yep. So. Our opinions and, uh, you know, we, we just kind of talk through it. Yeah. And um, we are going to talk about fly fishing. Um, yeah, that was a given. Like, let's be honest, yeah. we all knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's a good time of year to be fly fishing. Like, the water is like, but you don't even need waders, man. Like, a pair of good, like, moisture wick shorts, a shirt, uh, you know, moisture wick shirt, your your vest, you know, rod and reel and net and your fly box, and you're, you're on the water, man. You're gone. Um, Hell, even tomorrow, like when I go, I'm gonna have like a, I'm gonna have shorts on, a shirt, and a waterproof backpack and a and a life jacket. So that way, if I get into the river and it's too deep, but I want to keep going, I'm just gonna swim for it. Like, why You're gonna not swim for the fish? Well, I mean, cause like there, so yeah, I mean, there's there was a situation like this last time that I went. Um, I got up to like chest deep and I was in my waders and I was like, well, I want to go about 20 more feet to the other side of the bank and fish it back, you know, backwards. Cause yeah. the water was, was coming towards me and you know what I mean? And I was like, but I couldn't because I was like in waders and you know, the waders obviously would have filling up and like weighed me down and stuff like that. I was like, dang it. So this time I'm no waders. Um, the water's going to be super warm. I'm super excited. But with that said, I just wanted to lay some knowledge on you guys. Um, so when it comes to like for people that are like wanting to get into it, right? Right. Uh, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it as simple as possible. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to give you some like more in-depth information about it. So starting out, um, Starting out, depending on like the type of fish that you want to that you want to fish with, um, a good five to six weight rod and reel is is where you're going to start. Okay, now for like the people that are at home and don't exactly know the weights of reels, can you go in more depth on that? Yeah, so the lighter the number, um, the smaller the the load it's going to be able to handle. So you know you got like two weight, four weight, five weight, six weight, seven weight, nine weight. You know, your nine and ten weights, that's going to be more like your saltwater fishing. It's gonna be uh, that's big, some, that's some marlin stuff right there. Yeah, I wouldn't say deep sea, but I mean, definitely like a red. Okay. Or, 
you know, like some kind of like saltwater drum, things, things of that nature. But to get you started, um, a six weight is going to be very versatile. Um, you're going to be able to fish uh, bass, trout, and crappie or panfish. I mean, and that's usually the three species of fish yeah, that, are pe- that people are going with. Um, so then you want to match, you want to match your, your reel with your rod. So if you have a five weight rod, you want to get a five weight reel in line. Um, you can go up or down either way, but I I try to say like, stay within like matching because, you know, with that, you really, it's, it's about like mechanics of it. Um, yeah, it's like if you have a five-weight reel and you have a six-weight line and you get something on a six-weight, the the rod's probably going to break. And then um, you're just going to be with the reel probably going, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know if it would break. It would just – it would be unbalanced. Think okay. about it like a, like a good knife, right? Like you don't want it right. too blade-heavy or you don't want it too handle-heavy. You want it as balanced as possible. And that's – so the mechanics of the – you know, when the when you're pulling the the rod back to cast or whatever, it's going to load up properly. It's going to load the line because a lot of people like don't realize that the line is weighted. Um, that's where some of the weight, like the term weight, comes from. The line is weighted, so it when you whip it back, it loads that rod and gives it momentum, and then catapults the rod tip forward, and then you release the line, and that's what gives you you know your cast open. So, right. Um, start there, um, and then for it's called tippet, and all it is is tippet is how the best way to explain tippet. Tippet is because what happens is you put a leader, like a clear okay. tapered leader, on the end of your fly line, okay. And what happens is you're as you're changing flies, changing flies, changing flies, changing flies, or whatever, right? Um, all right you cut more and more into that leader. Well, at some point you get to the point to where that leader gets real thick and you go, Oh, I need to, I need to add, you know, six, you know, three, four, five, six feet of line to this without having to change out the whole leader. Cause changing the whole leader can get expensive. So that's where tippet comes in. It's kind of like, um, in, in the aspect of the word, it's almost like your tippet is your leader. You know what I mean? In like yeah. a, a regular like tackle sense, it'd be like you know, it'd be the line that you would attach to your swivel. You know, like you know, you have your your weight, and then you have a swivel, and then you have your leader line. Yeah, the tippet, the tippet would represent the leader line in in general or like con- conventional tackle. Conventioning, yeah, yeah, like fishing setup. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, that's like in a nutshell. Um, now when it comes to flies, there's like a thousand different flies and they all do different things. Um, I would just tell you, you know, try to match your, your hook to, you know, your tippet size. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you have like a four X tippet, which what x x represents like the size right so um because it's just simpler like like that for the uh, manufacturers 
So 4X represents, um, you know, like the poundage or whatever. Um, now 4X is usually used for trout and it's got about six pounds of test. Um, so what I would do is if I was running like a, um, you know, like a conventional, like general setup, I want to get in any body of water and fish for anything that I can, you know, the three main, the big three, if you will, the big three, um, man, I would go, I would go with, uh, a three X. Um, yeah, I'd go with three X cause you're going to be able to get, uh, bass and large trout. Um, and that's kind of going to get you like, you know, generally set up or whatever. But the fun thing about it is, is, you know, just the versatility of it. Like I said, you, you get your rod and your reel, which is already set up. You got mm -hmm. your fly box, you got a net. And you go to town, man. That's it. Like, that's all you need. You get out there and, you know, just breaking it down. You're like, okay, well, what you say, you said flies, you know, do a lot of stuff, you know, and, and that's true. But pretty much you can make your general uh, fly, make it look like food. Presentation is key. That's that's the main takeaway. It's like, okay. So, like, Nice solid hamburger. You got your hot dog, pizza slate shaped flies, you know, <laughs> you know, like the good food, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the car, the carbs, you know, oh, yeah. food. Uh, like, no, man. I mean, you can take like a, you can take like a, a woolly booger, right. Which is right. a very general fly. And depending on like how you're retrieving that line, you can make it look like a crawfish. You can make it look like a minnow. You can make it look like a bug. Um, you can just make it flounder around and say, "Hey, here's some food over here. Come get it." Okay. And that's just one. That's just with one fly. So, very versatile. Very um, exciting. I am excited because um, I did learn today, though, that it. Um, I'm gonna. I figured out how to set up a bass specific fly rod, and that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm oh. excited about that. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that sounds pretty pretty sweet, right there. Like fly fishing in general. Like I'm kind of surprised this it's getting into the fly fishing season. You said it's like this is kind of like the more of uh, the season for it. Yeah. Is that I mean, just because it's like cooling off in Texas and it's like the water's like a nice temperature or Yeah, and you know, and I I I feel like there's people out there that would like disagree with my statement. Um because you know, you still have like depends on what you're fishing for, again, you know. Um if I'm not mistaken, the trout, they're gonna like cooler water. So you're gonna want to hit them in the spring and you're gonna want to hit them in the fall. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's the water's like super warm. Um, so, you know, when it's water warm like that, uh, you know, the, the, the small mouth are going to be in the deeper waters. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. So if you can get somewhere deep and, you know, like in those cuts where like, you know, there's like a drop off and stuff like that, hit those up, man. Um, Cool. 
And then the largemouth are going to be like hanging out in the, in the shallow waters. So right there by the banks, dude, that I'm telling you, I've caught some of my biggest bass either right by the boat or right by like right off the bank because they're, they're feeding, you know what I mean? They're feeding, right. they're aggressive. They're moving around a lot. Um, the shallower water is going to be cooler. So those, you know, those largemouth are trying to like cool off at a rapid pace. Um, but they're, burning through a lot of energy moving around so they're going to be like just hammering stuff right off right off the water we're talking like two three feet deep man you can just be hammering hammering some fish away man that's crazy and it's crazy how you're like mentioning like going from like summer to fall because you're like i'll be honest i did, i know it's like you can look at a calendar and you can look at the dates but you know when i really judge when it's fall hmm. when i get stuck behind a school bus <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, but you actually live in a state where you have seasons. Yeah, that's true. Like it it has been cooling off a bit here lately. But I I don't know. It's like I, I swear I think they've been starting school here a little too early. They used to like go it used to be like around Labor Day. They used mm. to start school back up. But now it's like they start apparently they started like two two weeks ago. Oh wow. Trying yeah. to knock it out. Think- I guess so. Do you think they're trying to make up time? I think I think a lot of it was kind of like making up for COVID and stuff, or like preparing, preparing just in case. Yeah, preparing just in case. Also, it's like I think the Farmers Almanac was saying harsh winters this year. Mm, yeah. So I mean, as far as like harsh winters, that means just like what really cold, really frigid winters. Uh, more like you know probably getting a lot of snow because like what it, it doesn't matter if it gets too cold like as long as the heat's still on we're we're going we're moving right. but if the roads are iced over if you got a couple feet of snow and you can't and the plows aren't doing a lot you know that's how that's how you get your school delays there's got to be yeah. some couple feet of snow for sure for sure i mean and that's kind of like how it here is in Texas. Like me and my, my wife, we, we had a discussion earlier because she was asking me, you know, because I told her I wanted to buy a, a whole nother fly rod. Right. And she was like, okay, you want to spend money on another fly rod? She was like, how many months can you really fish? And I was like, my, my, my guess is like, if everything stays warm, you can fish not, you can fly fish nine months out of the year. She thinks it's seven. But I really think, like, minimum it's eight because you got end of March, like, middle to end of March, depending on when. Then right. you go into April, which is the pre-spawn. Then you got April to May, which is, like, spawn. That means they're running. Right. Right. And April, May, June, July, August, September, right? And then that's, right. like, fall. Is like September, yeah. But really, you've been here in, in Texas in that time frame. Like sometimes it's November and the water's only like sixty degrees because it's so hot oh, outside. Yeah. So I mean, if the water's warm, the fish are going to be moving. And if I'm fishing in November, I'm fishing in November. Oh yeah, well I think that's kind of the thing, and <clears throat> like pe- people kind of don't don't understand. It's like. They'll, they'll think like, oh, there's certain seasons for fish and all that. It's like the fish didn't like just because it got cold, the fish just didn't disappear. They're there. Right. 
exactly. It's Think just it. it's more difficult to get to them. Right. But Think they're there. Like this. Catfish, catfish and crappie are cold weather fish. Yeah. So yes, I might not be bass fishing right. seven months out of the year, but I could fish for crappie and catfish nine months out of the year. Especially, oh, yeah. especially you could even get in, you could even say uh late November you could get for catfish because really them them channel cats and them blues, the colder the better, man. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like some fish is like like people like I don't know, like you, you obviously you guys aren't ice fishing down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> you know? do that. That's on the bucket list, by the way. Yeah, and like it, honestly, it, it it's few and far between. Like you can go ice fishing up here, just because, like for it to be safe, it has to get like It has to get cold and stay cold for a long time. You can't have any of this fluctuation stuff where it's like. It's above freezing for a little bit and then below freezing. You almost got to be like, I don't know, like in the teens for like a week, you know? Like you want to make sure you got a thick amount of ice there to where you can step on and then drill a hole and put your rod rod in. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that's me and Seth's second look. Um, Look forward to doing more segments with that. Uh, with you guys, but uh, that is all the time we have this week. So until next week, y'all be safe. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. Until then, stay frosty.